This is Cinema Degeneration. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. I, I just can't take no pleasure in killing that. Just some things you gotta do. We all go a little mad sometimes. You wanna know what happens to an eyeball when it gets punctured? You just can't let them go? Go! Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? <laughs> Please, God. This is God. The dead will walk here. I'm just gonna bash your brains. And your suffering will be legendary even in hell. <laughs> it's alive, it's alive, it's alive. They all flow down here. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Boy, you're doomed. On our show tonight, sequel to Deja Vu, our hosts celebrate the time-honored tradition of movie sequels including the good, the bad, and the very ugly. From diabolical killers who won't stay in the grave, to science fiction epics whose stories cannot be contained, to a single chapter, and so much more. Join us for the tales you love, and some that you won't believe got made in the first place. Big green guy is back. They call me Swamp Thing. You're a plant, aren't you? He's come back to settle a score. Find him and bring him in. He's got a grudge, cause they turned him to sludge. I believe this is yours. What? The return of Swamp Thing. Starring Louis Jordan. What did you do? Sell your soul to the devil? Let's just say he has a lease uh, with an option to buy. Heather Locklear. She can get in my veins in time to most Why can't men be more like plants? I mean, you can stroke a plant and it doesn't get the wrong idea. And Swamp Thing. But I can't give you the kind of love you want. Why not? I'm a plant. That's okay. I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> The return of Swamp Thing. He's turning over a new leaf for love. Alrighty, folks. Welcome once again to Cinema Degeneration Sequel 2 Deja Vu, where our theme is sequels, sequels, more sequels. Maybe even a few prequels, maybe even a remake or two, but not quite yet. We're going for Dose this weekend. We're going for uh, number two, Return of the Swamp Thing. From 1989 is our sequel for this evening, or this afternoon, actually. And my co-host is my good buddy, Eric Phillips. How we doing? Always a pleasure. Ready for some uh, old swampy action? Oh, yeah. Such a great Mister Mr. M- the Man from Mars, Avocado Dude, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Jolly Green Giant and a bunch of other one-liners that they use. Uh, yeah. They threw out the one-liners left and right with this movie. Uh, it's more of a comedy. It's it's definitely not a horror movie. 
Oh. It has it has horror elements. You know, there's blood, there's there's gore, there's dismemberments, there's all types of bodily harm going on. But this is it's just like a IMDb says it's an action adventure comedy. It's it's somebody took a comic book like Swamp Thing, added the elements of uh, James Bond into it, which I'll get into why it's James Bond and not just because of Luis Jordan, but it's also a, the most tongue-in-cheek comedy I've ever seen made out of a comic book movie. I mean, you think Howard the Duck is funny <laughs> or funny bad. This is a, funny in a good way, I think. Uh, I personally, I'm not sure where you fall on this, but I, I know some people will consider this sacrilege considering Wes Craven directed the original, but I prefer the return of Swamp Thing over the original. Ah, you know what? I've honestly, it's been so long and it's so hard to find the original Swamp Thing. I didn't get a chance to go back and revisit it, but I do know it well enough from my childhood because they played this and the return of Swamp Thing on USA up all night, all the time. Oh and yeah. Cinemax, I believe was another one it was on. Um, but no, this is, a classic comic book movie and it was done back in the day when they weren't doing comic book movies all that much and when we did get them you know they didn't get a lot of the credit that they should have got swamp return of swamp thing is an excellent version of a comic book movie you know the dolph lundgren punisher was another good one that doesn't get a lot of credit where credit's due um you know (laughs) It was, it was America, a, on the other hand, was god awful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, lo- no love for Cap, huh? No love for Cap, huh? It, you know, it was just they didn't let him really do anything spectacular, and then the Red Skull makeup was just, oh my god! <laughs> I was, it was almost as bad as the uh, freaking '87's He-Man movie, Masters of the Universe, with Skeletor's makeup. Oh my oh, god! Oh yeah, rubber mask Skeletor. Yes. Oh. But yeah, I have to agree with you. This is one that succeeds where a few of the others have failed. And, you know, it was a box office bomb at the time. I can't remember what the budget was. I read somewhere it was four or five million, and it only made a few hundred thousand at the uh, domestic box office, which is just sad because I do remember seeing this in the theater. I caught it at the drive in. Uh, the, uh, the good old Y&W drive-in that used to be up north there. And, you know, uh, long live the drive-in. Long, not not the Y&W, it's gone now. But but Dick Durock is uh, one of the only things that, uh, one of the only actors that uh, survived from the first one. Him and Luis Jordan both play our main antagonist and main uh, protagonist, as they did in the, the original Wes Craven did not return as director, but instead we got B-movie extraordinaire director Jim Wynorski. Which See, if you don't know Jim Wynorski. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, two different, very, very different directors. You know, I mean, this was uh, not one of his first movies, but one of his first several. I mean, he had done uh, a lot of sequels um, up until this time. He did 976 Evil 2, Sorority House Massacre 2. Big Bad Mama 2, Death Soccer 2, Ghoulies 4. But, you know, first and foremost, he did Chopping Mall, which is what I mostly remember him from. 
but you know he also <laughs> he, he's directed oh. 104 different features you know so he's pretty prolific he's working he, he he's always working but that being said let's go ahead and give this its imdb synopsis and get right off into tearing this thing apart all right turn swamp thing 1989 is as follows in this tongue-in-cheek sequel the benevolent bog creature falls for the vegetarian plant-loving daughter of the evil scientist who created him and yeah that, that's, per, that's per, pretty much the the gist of it the 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 lady he falls in love with would be played by Heather Locklear, Abby Arcane, the daughter-in-law of Dr. Anton Arcane. Now, which it starts off in the beginning. I don't really know how they uh, were going to explain this. You know, when I first saw it, I didn't realize that, you know, Arcane was going to be the main villain since he had turned into like a hairy werewolf style bog creature in the end of the first movie. And, Swamp Thing killed him. For, I mean, he was dead. There was no turning back. But, you know, these are horror movies, adventure movies, uh, also comic book movies. And, yeah, I think you would probably agree that death doesn't mean a whole lot in those kind of movies. Yeah, comic books. Uh, well, first and foremost, uh, another thing that we got to touch on when we're since we're first getting into this movie. And, you know, a lot of people have a tendency to look at this as hokey. But you have to remember, you know, first and foremost, it's 1987. Yeah, yeah. They filmed this, this in back, late '87, early '88, I think. Yeah, this is back when we still had the comic books code, and it was taboo for ultra violence. You know, you could not do that. You could not do some of the things that the comic books nowadays are doing. You know, this was still back when you know there was like there was comic book panic from parents from the Pulp Fiction books from the '50s, and it carried on into the '80s. And the other thing was the big satanic panic for D&D. You know, that was the time. So nobody was pulling anything, you know, adventurous with comic book movies. They were more geared towards kids. Yeah, there was no, uh, like, the Netflix Punisher series. There was no the Suicide yeah, Squad right? where you had good, hard R ratings and that. That was, uh, yeah, that was just not being done back then. That was extremely taboo. But I think this movie, like it is, I mean, the movie itself is a little is hokey, but like the comic books, I was a big fan of the Swamp Thing comic books. I got, but the comic books were hokey too because we had the yeah. comics code. You know, those were the comics back then. So to us, you know, the kids that grew up reading those comics, that was legit. Yeah, I mean, Swamp Thing was probably as dark as you got. Though with those comics and stuff, because you know that he was always always a lonely creature, you know, always kind of operating solo, you know, and never, you know, this never kind of was a part of anything. He was always just again just solo. I thought I was always just a kind of a lonely, sad character. But that was as dark as it got. I mean, he was magnificent with magnificent creatures, and this movie is nothing short of that. It has a lot of magnificent creatures. Yeah, but, I'm really surprised that, you know, the a lot of the effects in this movie don't hold up, but the practical ones do. The yeah, a lot of the practical stuff was really good. Yeah, I thought the thing that improved the most from the first movie to the second was the Swamp Thing makeup. Because, like, 
in the first movie, you know, it's still Dick Darrock playing Swamp Thing as he would in even the TV show in the early 90s. But the makeup, it looked like a suit. It looked like a guy in a wetsuit with moss hanging off of him. It just didn't look, it wasn't convincing. You know, it didn't, it didn't look, look like right. a bog. It didn't look like a bog creature, like something wet and slimy that came out of the swamp. This movie, he looks legit. Like Swamp Thing looks badass. And I actually think some of the creatures he fights look pretty badass. Like some of the appliances, you can tell they're big rubber masks. You know, it, they're, you, you can just tell. Like with Leech Man and the Doctor, yeah. especially at the end with the Doctor Rochelle mutant. <laughs> that you were going to say the Brainiac kind of character. Yeah. Like when he's punching him in the head and his head's just kind of flippity flopping around like a, like a wet Q-tip. Right. But like, but like close up, the, the makeup looks good. The effects look good. It looks very wet and swamp like it's, they, they at least did well in that. And our, our opening, I like, I love how it opens up when it says once upon a time in the swamp <laughs> again, very comic bookish opening. Yes. And the transitions from shot to shot uh, as we're progressing through the movie, you know, yeah. all that's missing is a star wipe. Right, right, right. Yeah, they did everything but a star wipe. They did diagonal wipes, sideways wipe, top to bottom. Yeah, you always kind of look like a, a comic book being flipped. Yeah, and the coloring in the movie, too, is another thing that, you know, that really stood out to me is like the way that they contrasted it so well. They use a lot of darks in the background so that when you get the green in the foreground and in the background, it really pops out, which yes. you know makes sense for a Swamp Thing movie because he's playing. Yeah, and also it's lit very well. Usually most of the time movies like this that take place at night, most of the time in the swamp, are always so underlit yeah, that everything DC is just is, fuzzy. And DC has a bad tendency for dark move dark movies you know freaking all the batman movies are so dark all the freaking you know all the justice league was dark it's, it's, so, <laughs> it's like will you light your movie please yeah i get it batman's supposed to be gloomy and broody i understand that but that doesn't mean you know you have to shoot it in the complete dark to where i can't see anything but batman's <laughs> fucking belt buckle reflecting at one point in time <laughs> that with all the money they had, they could have probably hired a better lighting crew. Just saying. Yeah, just fucking saying. for real. Well, that's because it's supposed to be dark and broody, and I'm a good actor, I'm a good <laughs> <director>. <laughs> What? Okay, I know you said you had six pages of notes. I I got about three, three and a half here. The <laughs> first big, big note, other than trivia, actors and actresses' names and whatnot, I have in here is like all the goons walking around in the in the swamp. Dangerously pointing their submachine guns and M16s at each other with their fingers on the trigger. The most well, they're non- federal agents. Well, yeah, I know, but th- that's what I'm saying. They they should. <laughs> they should. Uh, my that. thing is, federal agents aren't smart enough to realize they're they're wading, you know, fucking waist deep in water that has leeches, alligators, snapping turtles. <laughs> Snakes. All kinds of snakes, all kinds of shit in there, and you're carrying an M16, and for what? Because you're looking for a, a moonshine distillery. Yeah, yeah. Don't you think the people that are making the moonshine distillery either have a fucking boat or a damn truck that they get there to? Yeah, as a matter of fact, they show in the movie later on, the guys drove there. Yeah. How the fuck aren't you taking the road? We're <laughs> catching by surprise. Maybe get eaten. 
Well, they Your were government going, at work, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think they showed that they got there in a boat, but later on when they're trying to escape, when the leech man shows up and, and you know, he takes out the guy, this poor dude that's just taking a piss, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Mort. Which Mort, yeah. Fr- yeah, which, let me tell you something about Mort's friends, man. What a great go to guys. <laughs> hey, have you seen Mort? I don't know. Mort! <laughs> Whistling at him like he's a fucking dog. Right. Like, Oh, he's got, got and they're just brains. like they're just like he's gone. He was standing over there by that tree taking a piss, and now he's gone. Uh, they're like, well, let's just leave the area and yeah. go back to the boat and call for help. Like instead of like combing the area, perhaps, and maybe looking for their friend who could. Oh, you know, they don't go by the tree and check to see if he slipped and fell and is like now drowning in the muck. Yeah, they don't give well, a shit. Well, you know, he just picks up his hat out of the water. And is like, oh, I don't think he's looking for us anymore. Right, right. Like by the fact that his hat's floating in there, we're like, that must mean he's dead. I mean, he, he is. But <laughs> Which we get our, our comic book overacting. It just starts and never, it starts here and it never stops, folks. <laughs> Great comic book overacting. Especially from the two guys that, like the next scene, when they're running away, one guy splits up from the other two because he knows where the boat's boat is, and he runs into, uh, uh, well, the two guys that ran off in the other direction run into Monique Gabrielle, plays Miss Poinsettia, which we'll get into her name here in a little bit when we actually get to, to more of a trivia type sec- section because there's an interesting bit of trivia about her name. <laughs> And behind this, I know you. I know you know what I'm talking about. But she shows <laughs> yeah. up in a, in a jeep with a bunch of you know, much armed goons. And they're like, and they, she pulls out like a Mac 10, and she's going to shoot him. Like, oh, you, you don't want to shoot us? We're federal agents. And she fires off one lonely bullet from the fully automatic gun into each of them. And the two guys do the worst death fall I've ever seen. Oh, they dude, just, no, 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 no. You, uh, go back and look at that scene that's actually not she doesn't shoot them i it, i didn't catch this the first time uh when i lost my notes i had to go back and watch the movie and rewrite them again uh, i caught that too because that's what i thought at first but no what she shoots at them is a dark gun oh so wait, oh, that, that and that's why one of she tranks them and that's why one of them is in the uh yeah, back the compound up, later on yeah later they on. show up later on the lab uh, during the genetic experience, one of them's on the uh, slab, so that's what happened to those guys. But that took me a bit. Uh, but uh, before they're running, uh, the leech monster actually grabs another one of their friends, and that's when they fucking start shooting their automatic weapons. And as they're running away, we get the fucking Velma of the group who drops her glasses, jinkies. Yeah, uh, he starts reaching around on on the on the the. Sp- the swamp ground trying to find his glasses and, and he doesn't he ends up finding <laughs> fucking leech man again but we get our <laughs> ah, fuck <laughs> <laughs> oh, i dropped my glasses oh shit but uh this is where i had the first note about swamp thing because he makes his superhero music ent- entrance like this the same announcing like tune that he has every time he enters the scene which is great i i, I actually it really it. is but he's a brute strength badass he he's big by no pun intended he is a hulk of a, of a person uh he fucks up leech man up leech man gets away you know he, he ends up fighting him fighting him again later on 
but this is where I had the, the first note where the Swamp Thing makeup looks so much better than the original. It looks it more, really does. It looks so much more orga- organic. It does. Yeah. Well, not only that, it just it, it looks like it's still the rubber suit. You can still tell it's the rubber suit, but it looks so much more detailed and wet and gross looking. And like they really, they really did a good job making him look like Swamp Buck. forged together into a human body rather than that friggin' wet ghillie suit thing that was going on in West Craven's right. movie. Looks like he's getting ready, to, you know, Swamp Thing looks like he's getting ready to jump into a shark tank and go, like, hanging out with Richard Dreyfus or something. But, yep, he he he, he thwarts uh, Leech Man from attacking the, 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 the Velma character and we, you know, he gives him his glasses and he's like, yeah, they called me Swamp Thing. And then we get our comic book credits where we have all the different shots from the original comic book uh, Swamp Thing and Saga Swamp Thing, both uh, both lines. And yes. we get our Born on the Bayou, which, again, is hokey to get kind of put Born on the Bayou by Creedence Clearwater in the soundtrack. But it fits. I, I, I was about to say, I'm going to have to disagree with you, man. There couldn't have been a more perfect fucking song for that than born on the bayou oh yeah that's I what mean, i was yeah, about to say it, it, it's, it's hokey, hokey but you it is i mean what it's, else would it's, you put what else would you put yeah. in there it's literally the story of swamp thing uh you know he was born on the bayou not by choice but yeah <laughs> or was he reborn on the bayou huh? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. here all week folks <laughs> yeah but <laughs> But then after the uh, the beginning credits, we get Abby talking to her plants, and Abby's played by Heather Locklear, you know, who was big on T.J. Hooker. She was in uh, the movie Firestarter on TV show Dynasty long before she did, uh, you know, Swamp Thing, and long before she did things like, you know, Melrose Place and things like that. But this is where the movie takes – this is where it takes the weird turn for me because the way she comes out having this full-on conversation with her plants and her, like, apprentice or her partner Eunice is sitting there. Couldn't be less interested in, in fucking anything Abby has to say. She's just, right. she, yeah, she's just trying to watch her TV and eat her num-nums, you know. And, like, <laughs> and I, I do like I, – yeah, yeah. I do like the mention – where they do the self-referential, like, well, they love the guy on TJ, what's his name? Making a reference to her show, TJ Hooker, which I think it went off the air a year, maybe two years before this movie came out. So right. little little jab there at, uh, you know, William Shatner. That's okay, though. But, like, the, the, the fact that she talks to her plants, like, they are listening to her. Like, I think she's a little... Uh, has had well, a little bit of a, a psychotic break. I, think. I I can actually explain that behavior as well. Um, oh no! <laughs> well, go for it. It's a lot of people who grow plants will tell you to talk to your plants because the nitrogen in your breath will help them grow. So people talk to their plants. So that part made sense to me. I get that, but there's a couple of things in this scene that does not make sense to me. Like, for example, can we talk about Eunice for a second here in her cold can of chicken noodle soup that she's eating straight out of the can? 
Oh, God. There's no fucking hot plate there. There's no stove at the flower store. There's no microwave because you can't microwave a can of soup. She is eating literally a cold can of soup. Oh. I guess I never, I never paid enough attention to, to, to yeah, look at what Campbell's, she was eating. She's eating a cold can of Campbell's chicken noodle soup oh. straight out of the can. Oh. Condensed. Yuck. No, no, no water added. No nothing. Yeah. Fucking bull. Eunice, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, put the can on the stove, heat it up on a hot plate or something. Get yourself some oven mess. Yeah. Oh. And the the other thing that really bothered me, this was the stupidest fucking joke in the movie. And you can only catch it for a brief second. Like I said, people talk to their plants. People read books to their plants. Do you know what book she's reading to her plants? I didn't I didn't make a note of it. What was it? It's so fucking stupid. Roots. Oh god, roots. Oh god. Uh, that's, like, that's that's almost as corny as the farewell to arms showing up in uh, Evil Dead. Evil too. Dead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's like really roots. Are you fucking kidding me? Okay. Yeah. They're a little on the nose about it, ain't they? It's just a just a tad. Oh yeah, th- this movie is so so corny, but so corny in a good way. Once you're about five minutes into it, you know what you're in for. And it just it, it's a roller coaster that never lets up. So once you realize that that's what they're going for, when you got cold chicken soup lady and reading roots to a plant, I, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, wow. Where does it go from here? Doesn't it, it go straight to Arcane's apartment? Not apartment, yeah. Arcane's it is plantation. Uh, he has like plantation compound, and he has quite the pad. He does have yeah, quite the pad. It, it's a it's a great location, beautiful house. I don't. I would like to know. I would try to find out more about the place uh, where they filmed it, but it was there was nothing really online about it. You know, I wondered how much of it was uh, set and how much of it was location. But anyway, he is now alive and well. Which they do not give any kind of uh, explanation to this to much, much later in the movie. To me, when you have your main villain die at the end of your first movie and he's all of a sudden alive, you might want to, like, explain that, you know. Yeah, 20 minutes, into the, 20 minutes into the movie, this guy shows up and you're like, hey, wait a minute. Weren't Didn't you, like, you die? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you get turned into, like, the American werewolf from London? Or at the, the end very of the other best, movie. you shouldn't be, shouldn't you be, like, fucking Spawn, Curious Crispy? <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, something. What the uh, fuck happened? But, yeah, they waited a, a good another, wait, he shows up, you know, 15 minutes into the movie. They don't explain how he was saved, you know, until a good another 20 or 30 minutes into the movie. And it's just, it's crazy. It's all over the place. But. But this is where we would get one of my favorite ultra villains, Sarah Douglas. I mean, I love her as Dr. Zarell, his like main assistant. You know, um, she was in Super, Superman 1 and 2, Conan the Destroyer. I mean, she's she was in Return of the Living Dead 3, for crying out loud. I mean, she was pretty prolific back in the day. God, I think she probably... I think she was in V, the final battle, too, if I remember correctly. I believe you are correct, sir. But she did good 80, 90 movies, I'm thinking. Um, I'd have to look to be completely sure, but uh, I'm not going to do that right now. <laughs> but this is the character 
Now, I forget the name of the other two movies that he appeared in. Uh, he appeared in a lot of other movies. Ace Mask, playing Dr. Rochelle. I had this pointed out to me that he worked for uh, uh, Jim Wynorski several times over the years. And I think, you know, he had played the Dr. Rochelle character in three different movies. He played him in Not of This Earth, and there was a third movie besides this one where he plays a Dr. Rochelle character. All basically the same character for, in, this, in the same movie. I can't remember the third one. Uh, it, it escapes me at the moment, but uh, it might have been Ghoulies. He might have played Dr. Rochelle, and it was one of the Ghoulies sequels. He was either part three or part four, but a little bit of trivia there for the, the trivia files out there. That this would be the second uh, appearance of Dr. Rochelle, and I again I forget what the third one was, so you'll have to forgive me for that. But uh, he's great. He's uh, he's very nerdy. He's got the bad comb over hairdo. He's everything you expect in a, a nerdy evil scientist. But the creatures on this in this scene that they start showing that are there, like the fish creature, the bat creature, the the cockroach creature. Yeah, which we'll I'll, talk about that for a second. Who the fuck Gene splices a dude with a roach? Yeah, that's what I fucking want. Six foot tall cockroaches running around. You know what I <laughs> to kill the fucking little ones? You want a fucking six foot tall one running around here? <laughs> no, no, you don't. Fucking what dickhead. About the poor, what about the poor, uh, uh, what the hell was it? The the God what they were experimenting on that was the fish creature that had the legs. Whatever the hell that was. Right. Like, they're very random with their gene splicing. I'm just saying. Just just reverse saying. mermaid. I guess reverse, yeah, reverse mermaid. But uh you know, oh gosh. Then when we get the what every movie in the, this caliber needs, the obligatory doofus sheriff. And this sheriff, and he's only in one scene, you know, so he's 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 not very very prominent in the movie. Oh, he's pretty prominent. Well, he's, <laughs> he's, a he's in that one scene. He's a hard character to forget. His fucking serious sexual harassment here. <laughs> <laughs> well, she splices jeans. Why do they tell you, sir? She can splice my jeans anytime. Like, oh, God, that's the best one you came up with, dude. <laughs> really? Oh, let's talk about that. Did you, did you catch the name of the restaurant that he mentions in the town? Does no, that I did not. Make- Oh my god, that made me damn near piss myself laughing. It's called the Squat and Gobble restaurant. The Swap and Gobble? The the Squat and Gobble. The Squat and Gobble. Oh yeah. god. He's talking I, about Velma, the Velma character who loses his glasses and Swamp Thing saves him. And he's talk he's telling him, he's like, Well, I gotta search the grounds because this guy came running into the squat and gobble, talking about how his buddies all got fucking killed in the friggin' swamp. And he was saved by a giant nugget sativa. Uh, by giant nugget sativa. But man, he's just a goofy fucking bastard. Ralph Pace played him. And this would be his last role or second to last role he ever played. He retired after this. But he's good. He's good in the movie. He's he's not bad, but he's just a just kind of once again, everybody in this movie is kind of a varying degree of despicable character, except for Swamp Thing, basically, and Abby. Oh, Abby's kind of a bitch, but we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah, 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 a little bit. A, a little, <laughs> little bit. A little snarky. A little snarky. 
But this movie, oh, think about it, it has everything. It's got the comic book transitions, comic book music, hench people, ultra villains, mad scientists. You know, it's a real comic book movie long before, you know, you know yeah. the Marvel's universe came, multiverse came around. Uh, the best we, line from the sheriff, by the way, is uh, saved by a green man from Mars. It's a planet, you know. <laughs> You're telling a fucking scientist about Mars the planet. It's like, dude, look around and see how much money you make versus how much money this guy makes. I'm pretty sure he knows that Mars is a fucking planet. Sheriff <laughs> shithead. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's but you know what? Planet, he's, you know? It's it's the perfect example of your 80s Midwest cops. Yep, yep, pretty much. There's those, that southern hospitality gone Ari. <laughs> it's like every, every 80s movies, when the cops show up, they're worth about fuck all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially if it's not a main character, if it's a local cop and it's not a main character, they're yeah. about as worthless as tits on a bull. Hey, you know what? We're in a campground and there's a guy with a huge machete. He's chopped up about 15 people so far. All right, I'll be right out. It's always one fucking lone cop with a fucking six shooter. Say, oh, way <laughs> to go, cowboy. See you later. Yep, he kept that one bullet for a shirt pocket like Barney. <laughs> fucking for real. <laughs> I came uh, over here to nip this in the bud. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, okay. <laughs> you know, rake, his hands are registered as lethal weapons. You know what I'm saying? Uh, oh, then we yeah, get yeah. we get the biggest doofus of the movie. Biggest doofus of the movie. Joey Seagal is gun. The, oh, the head God. of security. Mr. Gun. Mr. Gunn, the head of security. He's the, this one guy, of the best characters in the movie, though. Oh, yeah, he's one of the most colorful characters in the movie, but I wouldn't get him a job pushing a mop, man. Fuck like, no. Not the actor. I, I want to I I amend that. I want to I mean the character, not the actor. The actor yeah. does just fine. The character is great. Is a, the character is fucking couldn't cook french fries. Yeah. Yeah, he couldn't act his way out of a wet paper bag, you know, so to speak. You know, the 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 gun character, but whew, man, he's you could make make a whole podcast just about the one liners this fucking guy has in the movie. Yeah, like God, and he's the most creepy. You know, shirt open, midriff hanging out. Look at my hairy chest. Every woman wants me. Kind of stereotypical bullshit. Me Too movement character you've ever seen in every movie, like you know, he's just very rapey, rapey, creepy dude, man. He really is, man. We'll talk about that too, because there's quite a few guys with that fucking creepy, rapey vibe in this movie too. It's like you know, maybe you might run into a person or two like that in the bayou out in the swamp, but I'm sure not everybody is a moonshiner looking to to rape your person, you know, out there. Uh -huh. Just just saying. But, you know, that to be continued. Uh, the next note I have is they use an old William Castle trick uh, when the, the storm is happening outside and, and the camera pans across to the painting and the lightning flashes and you see the skull kind of like yeah. 3D behind the painting. I like that. It's like Ooh. I said, it's an old William Castle trick. It's an old 50s style trick, but it works pretty well here. Yeah, but you know what? William Castle had some of the best fucking movies for his time. You know? Oh yeah, he did. We just watched literally just last night. Rewatched uh, House on Haunted Hill that was on the Svenguli show. It's oh, such a great movie. Yeah, that the Tingler, Thirteen Ghosts, all really solid shit. 
but this is the big this is the biggest laugh in the movie now you notice the the restaurant name i couldn't help but notice the name of the 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 trailer park or something that there the cabin park is uncle sheds river garden estates where the byway meets the bayou hourly daily weekly monthly <laughs> it was like, it was okay. just like good, good fucking, luck, good fucking luck staying in that place and not catching meningitis, hepatitis, <laughs> scabies, you know, some right. Oh man, but this is the part. This like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of picking on this movie a, a little bit, but I want to say I do love this movie. It has a special place in my heart now. But if there is one real complaint. One real solid complaint that I got about this movie is the kids. This is one uh, Daryl and Omar. Okay. Well, hold on. We skipped something a little bit because Abigail shows up and pretty much Dr. Or Mr. Mad Scientist is, you know, foreshadowing that he's going to use Abigail just like he did his mother or just like he did her mother. I mean, right. That we yeah we did miss the point where her um, the reason why she's going back is that her 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 mother is dead and she was kind of going to rekindle a relationship with the stepfather and kind of find out what happened to her right and, as, and so Lana the uh, assistant who is working with Doctor um, shows up and is being you know kind of courteous to her you know. And she's just for Abigail for no reason is being really bitchy with her. It's like, it's like okay, yeah, okay, I understand that you're here and you're upset about your mom, but this woman's being courteous to you, and you're but she's like a complete fucking stranger. But her mom's also just... been dead for. <laughs> but also, her mom's been dead for ten years. You know, I think as the story goes, it's been ten years since she's been home, and ten years since the mom had passed away, or at least right. some years. It's not like this woman immediately replaced her mother. Her mother's been gone for a decade. Like, I didn't right. understand the immediate, immediate attitude. Right. It's just like, okay, well, you're kind of a bitch. But yeah, then we get the horrible child acting. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to name either one of them by name because I'm not going to tear into them that much. But these two kids, Daryl and Omar, two most annoying kid characters in a movie I, I can think of. Yeah, if you're going to put I, children in your movie, make sure they can act, please. Right, it's right. It's just tedious to watch. It's it's Saturday morning cartoons at this point. I do like and the really, hijinks that they're getting into. Like, you know, the one friend comes over to the other friend's house and he's like, "Hey, you know, we're gonna we're gonna drink soda pop, watch MTV, and look at porno mags all, all night because your parents are out of bingo." I get it. I get the hijinks, but right, just, I get that. But the acting is just the kid. They're, they're such over actors. They uh, are. It's it's really bad. And this would not be the last time we see them in the movie. We see them several times oh, in the movie, you know. But every time yeah, is just more cringy. Role. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do. We get. We do. It does result in one of the better fight scenes of the movie. Ah, uh, yes. Well, that's. Uh... The first you're talking about the first uh, fight between the real fight between Leech Monster and uh, yeah yeah because they get the knock knock on the door and they think the parents are there so they they start throwing the porno mags underneath like cushions and and blankets and and rugs and they open the door and they have like the one comical moment of the movie that I think actually works 
So they open the door, see the leech man standing there. They shut the door, just turn to each other and start screaming. And this is my biggest. Okay, we all have to suspend our disbelief in a movie, correct? You know, yes. with, especially in action, adventure, horror, sci-fi you know, movies, not exactly set in within the bounds of reality. The biggest thing that I can't believe is that either one of those little kids could have hefted that bowling ball 20 foot out that window like they did. Yeah, they chucked that fucker real. It's like, um, okay. <laughs> yeah. They must have had a slingshot or something like they that. They threw that shit together or not at all. <laughs> right. But, like, I, I do like the fight that comes because, once again, Swamp Thing to the rescue. It co- kind of becomes a trailer trailer court monster mash. You know, they're just, like, it's very yeah. much like a Frankenstein versus, like, the Wolfman kind of fight where they're just using clubs and big pipes to beat each other. That spray, <laughs> that, that, that spray sparks and, like, lightning when they hit. Like, don't yeah. explain that, but that, it's good shit. It makes it more exciting, but I would like that explained to me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what? I it made me. That's another fucking part that made me fucking just giggle a little bit. It looks like a giant nug of weed just picks up a fucking one hitter and beats the shit out of this leech monster. <laughs> Big giant bong, <laughs> you know. But uh, and then the note I made here was <sighs> that when when um, leech man goes and hits hits the the top of the propane tank. And it explodes, and the, the trailer, you know, the the cabin or whatever it is, explodes. This a really bad dummy in the explosion that doesn't move yeah. an inch, except for his one of his legs. If you watch it close enough and go back and rewatch it, one of his legs falls off, but he still remains <laughs> standing because they probably couldn't reset and blow the blow the trailer up again. Right. <sighs> oh my god. But yeah, the kid angle, like. They could have cut that out of the movie entirely, as far as it I'm would have concerned. been fine. It it would have made it twenty minutes shorter, and would have made it. It probably would have made it come up a whole point for me. I'm yeah. I'm serious. But besides the bad dummy and the explosion, they you know they send everything out looking for Swamp Thing. They got ATVs, airboats, motorcycles, yeah, helicopters. the classic '80s montage search. Yeah. <laughs> Everything like these people always have everything. They got ATVs, they got four wheelers, three wheelers, motorcycles, helicopters, airboats, skidoos. <laughs> and they're di- right. they're dynamiting the swamp water as they fly over with their helicopters. Fuck you, swamp thing. <laughs> I'm like fuck you, nature. We're just gonna destroy everything. Right? Yeah. Well, never mind the whole fucking uh. ecosystem of the swamp, but you know. Oh, well, they obviously don't give a shit about that because they're they're just trying to get the they're just trying to get fucking swamp things and, and hell be damned if, if anything's gonna get in Arcane's way because he, he, he that's why I, I say he is very much a Bond villain and he was a Bond villain he was an octopusy and we'll get to the octopusy part well no we might as well talk about the elephant in the room the, <laughs> the, the fact that the Luis Jordan would not uh, call uh, Monique Gabrielle's character, Miss Poinsetta, refused to say a line of dialogue in the movie where he refers to her as points. Because he said that in his words, it was that it you know was obviously a sexual reference and he wasn't going to do that. But Jim Minorsky, apparently it said, uh, uh, what the hell was it? I didn't write it down, but he basically said something to the effect. He's like, is this coming from the man who just did a movie called Octopussy? 
Right. And they would not like uh, they would not like speak for the rest of the time on set together, which I'm just like, come on. It's like you're being paid to do a job. It was obviously in the script beforehand. You agreed to do it. Just just do it. You know, say the fucking line. It's a paycheck, man. Do what you're paid to do. (laughs) Right. But I think this is the point where we get a little bit more scientists talk. And uh, they basically, you know, let it be known that they need Abby's DNA to complete the serum that they're doing, the anti-aging serum that's supposed to reverse aging because, you know, without it, Luis Jordan is going to die. He's going to die of uh, accelerated aging. So they get (laughs) – it's almost like another Scooby-Doo reference. I I think it's very Scooby-Doo, like that they get the ring, but they put it on her hand and it cuts her – this was her mother's ring, you know, and he cuts her finger and they get the DNA. They don't wait. Dr. Zarell and uh, Arcane don't wait until she, like Abby is probably three steps out of the room. But like, we got the DNA. We got the blood we need for the experiment. It's like, right. um, I'm sure she can hear you. Right. Uh, was, uh, what was Abigail's joke? Mr. Gunn is introduced to Abigail for the first time. He says, ah, Shantae, he's like more like incarcerated or something like that. I can't remember the exact joke. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't remember. He says, ah, Shantae. And he's like, and she does say something like more like incarcerated. I, I think it's like how it went. But he sh- or she shoots him down big time. And he just has like he acts like he's five years old. He's like, oh, like, no, he gets that goofy ass laugh. He's like, Ugh. Right, right, right. What the fuck was that? Uh, that was that. That was called an acting choice that was made on the spot, and it did and not. It was work. bad. But the other thing that Mister Gunn sticks out in the next scene is that he can't figure out his own job, and he's the head of security. He's standing there doing a fucking crossword puzzle. Is what's a five-letter word for security? Like, he's like and she's was it? Uh, is it points? Says to a moron, and he's like, moron, no. Wait, moron! Yeah. No, that doesn't work. And this yeah. is like, even as a is like a twelve year old kid seeing this, I was like, um, it's a guard. It's, it's you a guard. Stupid fuck! <laughs> it's what you do. But I think it's uh, funny that he's doing like he's got a mercenary magazine, and the question is, is you know what, you know, what the, he's doing a crossword puzzle, see, and he's the head of security for this guy. <sighs> <laughs> you wonder uh. why you fail. Right. Uh, but he does, you know, he does do one good thing. He warns her not. To, he he warns her. Mister Gun does. He warns uh, Abby to not go out into the swamp at night. And what does she run into? The moonshiners that they were looking for in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, I don't and, know what if they're credited as names or not, but I call them Randy and Travis because their country is fuck. <laughs> I think it was uh, Clyde and Burdell or, or Gerdell or something like that. But yeah, pretty much the same. Randy and Travis is <coughs> is pretty uh, accurate. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I, I said enter our sheep fuckers on our sheep fucking moonshiners. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I mean, it's obvious that, because, like, you know, I, I, the funny thing is, is like when they first showed up, I ain't seen the movie in so long. And I was like, oh, great, a couple of moonshine and sheep fuckers. And then the guy literally, as I said that joke, I don't even remember what a woman looks like. Hell, 
I ain't even seen the shape around here. Yeah. <laughs> fucking well, spit was, my pop out almost. When they're sitting there talking about what they're going to be doing, he's like, you want to go and run over a dog? I'm tired of killing dogs. And he's like, well, how about we steal a truck? There ain't no truck to steal. You know, <laughs> they're just like trying to, well, we find a woman. Well, I ain't even seen one so long. I know what one looks like. And what happens? Right on time, Abby steps out of the bushes. Yeah, just the fucking instant rape vibes go. Well, hell, here we go, raping. I guess, I guess this. I guess this is just what we're doing now. <laughs> yes. But but what what happens? What do we get? Uh, superhero entrance number three. <laughs> like it, it's it's so cool. I, I mean, it's it's goofier and fuck. But it, it is, it's, it's just so memorable that every time he walks into frame, it's just like, oh, there's trouble. He just happens to be there. And I think it, it plays well into, the, although they don't explain this. As well. His interest music, it sounds like a fucking newscaster coming on, by the way. <laughs> like, hi, I'm Bill Burr. <laughs> I'm Swamp Fang, and here's the 11 o'clock news. I'm about to kick your ass. Weather at 11. Yeah. I think this is where we also need to mention that the, uh, the, the Dick Durock was completely voiceovered as Swamp Thing. He did not do the voice. He didn't. He and the director, uh, Wynorski, did not find out about the studio's decision to completely redub the entire voice of Swamp Thing in post-production. And it has a very, like, Toxic Avenger kind of vibe. It feels very disembodied yes from swamp thing himself it's a little weird it is you can tell like certain shots don't sync up with the words and it's like uh, like, wait a minute here like i never i never realized that they had dubbed it over i just knew something was off like maybe they recorded a track wrong or something (laughs) no no wow they ADR'd every single bit of that. That is I, shit. And that's why I seriously, uh, just to go off on a side rant here for a second, I, I prefer the Swamp Thing TV show out of all three versions that Dick Durock played Swamp Thing between the Wes Craven original, the Jim Wynorski sequel that we're talking about now. But the TV show was my favorite, like, version of Swamp Thing. Uh, agreed. It was 1990s. They could get away with a lot more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it only came out, like, two years later, but it showed you what the, the chance they were willing to take on the property as a TV show. And I think it worked better as a serial TV show, you know, in serial fashion, as opposed to a feature film. It, it just yeah. just my, my two bits. Yeah, it should have. Well, it, 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 they had more time to tell the story instead of it being, oh, we got two hours to tell a shit ton of stuff that has to be covered, you know, which always is a cramp. Right, right. Um, and then, you know, what they do, but what usually doesn't, this is what I would say is probably the beginning of Act Two, you know, this is the, where the big, uh, you know, uh, reveal is, is that. Uh, after the third superhero entrance entrance and he takes out that he just beats the shit out of these two uh, would be rapists. It's recap time. Usually they oh, say before that happens though, this is one of the best lines is we get our first name calling a swamp thing. This guy is coleslaw. Oh God. So there's, there's your first cheesy one liner. Yeah. 
I've got them all written down here. Uh, I got several of them. The next one is uh, turn them into guacamole. Yep, it is. <laughs> this is like, why well, I got it? This guy is coleslaw. Like, I would love to see a friggin' somebody draw up a comic or do a friggin' satire take on this. He says, I'm a sativa hybrid. <laughs> <laughs> they fucking run off. Oh, don't touch each other. <laughs> oh. Yeah, everything in this movie is a one-liner. They call him the man from Mars. That's a planet, you know. <laughs> Coleslaw, uh, yeah. guacamole. Uh, the one line he has uh, that uh, well that Abby has later on, which she says it's okay. I'm a vegetarian. Is probably the worst. Oh God, yeah, line. we'll get to yeah, we'll get to that because I that got, whole sequence, that whole sequence, yeah, yeah, that whole sequence is fucking weird. But it's one thing. You know, for t- t- tells his story to give the recap. He breaks things down of what happened to him in the first movie. How he, I, I killed him in the first movie. At least I thought I did. You know, basically. And Mister Gun shows up with his goons. They have the whole tournament of guacamoles. You know, well, like, this is my favorite part, dude. This is one of these dumb fucking things. That they, if I can't talk you out of this, I'll be close by. <laughs> you know, fucking Swamp Thing doing his fucking hero shtick. And then she immediately gets kidnapped right in front of him. Right. And the, ch- and the chase scene ensues, and Swamp Thing has good cardio, but Swamp Ass from from running. <laughs> you know, because he's run That fucking that suit, man. But it's like, fucking it, Swamp Thing saves the day with a mild jog. <laughs> well, he says, don't worry, I'm... I'll be close by, and they're ten steps apart, and yeah, yoink. she gets and she gets kidnapped right in front of them. But he gets they blow him the fuck up. They they take him out with the, I gotta say, the explosion when they blow him up with the with the the rocket launcher, the grenade launcher, is pretty goddamn impressive. It's a good eighty style explosion. Good practical yeah. again practical effects, no CG. Yeah. Yeah. Turn him into guacamole, and they do. Yes, and then do. we get the bad special effects of the swamp thing regenerating after he explodes. Oh yeah, with that with the little electricities, the little sparkles of lightning the all little, over the place. The little green lightning bugs or something. Oh god, yeah. That's when I put like after that Abby and our our Ab- <clears throat> it's Abby versus Arcane, you know, arguing back and forth. And they they basically revealed that they need Swamp Thing's tissue to reverse age arcane, make a new serum. Right. And you know, then we get our pseudo love scene with arcane and Dr. Zarell, even though that she had said earlier she was strictly there to help him in his work, but mm, she's in bed with him. Uh, Dr. Rochelle intrudes and totally cock blocks on Dr. Zarell Zer- and, and arcane. But he says, you know, hey, like we checked uh, everything against uh, the DNA of all our help, and the only people who have the right blood type is, you know, one of the guards and Dr. Zarell. And Arcane totally gives up Zarell, and he's like, do whatever you need to do. And, of course, what happens? She's listening in, because, of course, she's listening in. And that's when I put it, like, the, the sludge monster from Creep So 2 shows up and comes in through the sewer drain. <laughs> You know what? I was trying to think of what of something that was funny for that scene, and I couldn't come up with it. So you had my base covered on that one. Yes, it does look I like had the fucking sludge monster. It looks exactly like the sludge monster from Creep Show too. <laughs> and it even sounds like it. 
You know, is this like sparking yeah, electricity and blah, traveling blah, up the sewer drain? Blah, blah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. God. It's so, it's, again, very cheesy. And this is, I, I don't remember the the complete logistics of the scene, but I had a note here that says, Mr. Gunn is creepy and rapey and totally fucking stupid. Okay, I think this yeah. is when he, he's uh, trying to come Shorter on. To, fi- yeah, he's trying to show her the fish and stuff. Uh, I got a little bit of stuff here. Uh, uh, we find out that the two people on staff is uh, really in for a bad time here soon because they can only fucking cover, you know, there's only two people that can match up on staff. And one of them just happens to be Lana, who is listening in. Do yeah. whatever you take. Oh, shit. And I love this because immediately after he tells this fucking doctor that he's talking to about this shit, do whatever it takes. He's, you know, he's open to killing staff. And this schmuck asks for a raise. Like, hey, did you get around to looking at my raise? Yeah. Bro, bro, don't push your fucking luck. He's telling you to kill two people. You're like, you know what? You might just piss him off because you're asking for a little too much money and fucking guess who's on the chopping block now. Yeah. This is after he got told he was going to get turned into Betty Ford. (laughs) Not into Betty Ford Clinic, but that they were literally going to turn him into Betty Ford. Right. And then uh, as she's trying to get out of the fucking uh, jail cell, you know, the great thing to distract the guard is always with a sexual innuendo. Oh, yeah. Is that all? It can be friendly. It's just hard to do it inside of a cell. Yeah, he, like I think this is where I, I I had the the point where it's like he's being creepy, rapey, and stupid. And he's showing her around. She's like, "Yeah, you want to show me something else?" He's like, "Well, I thought you wanted to have a good time." She's like, "Yeah, but I don't want to see like mutated sea creatures." <laughs> he's like, "I'll show you something else." And he starts to unzip his pants, and he's like, "Oh, come on." He's like, "I thought you wanted it." All the very rapey one-liners. And, well, and before that happens, creepy though, quips. <laughs> but before that happens. We get the fucking great comic book villain scene. You know, as Swamp Thing is filling the bathtub with his mildewy self, you know, dripping out of there like fucking Slimer from the Ghostbusters and snot. I put it uh, like when he starts coming out the faucet, I, I had down here that it looked like he came out looking like uh, a Green River phosphate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too. Uh, but we literally get the mad scientist with the organ music. And it's even oh. got the camera fucking slant and shit. <laughs> it's like straight out of 66 Batman. Oh, yeah. It, it had a very uh, uh, Dr. Fives kind of vibe about it. You know, and he's, he's got <laughs> it's like, like... He's a mad scientist, not the Phantom of the fucking opera. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, then we get fucking Mr. Gunn showing Abigail a mutant fish followed by his worm. This dude has a yeah. creepy frat boy rapist vibe, too. What the fuck? Oh, God, yeah. And, like, it's like all the rapey one-liners and quips that you just get that were totally inappropriate, but I guess 80s appropriate, because they thought, oh, hey, what do we? Need? What does this PG-13 comic book movie need? More attempted rapey one-liners. Yeah, rape jokes. That's what we need. No Hollywood. Hell. I will say one thing she does when he says, he's like, hey, babe. He's like, do you like that? Ten years in Okinawa, and she headbutts him. She's like, how do you like that? Weekend vacation in East L.A. Yeah, it's like the one good hilarious. one-liner she has. It's probably like the one good-liner Abby character has. Right, and then we get to see her shoot up the fucking elevator afterwards, and he's like, I'll kill you! 
But then Doctor, but Doctor Zarel shows up and gives her the keys to escape. Like right. it didn't take much for her. So like okay, like I'm gonna fix this fucking doctor. You know she's gonna fix a uh, you know arcane and she's gonna she lets her go. Now this is where Swamp Thing shows up and knocks the two guards down the stairs. <laughs> yeah, but now, before he shows up to the stairs, this is another great one. <laughs> I, I want to see if you caught the same thing I did. You go ahead, sir. Well, the reformed Swamp Thing now out of the in the bathtub busts out of the shower curtain with his nightly newscast music. Da 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 da. <laughs> it looks like straight out of a commercial, man. It's just like. Are you fighting mildewy tile grout? <laughs> Bounty, the quicker picker upper. <laughs> uh, no, no, Abby is captured right there as she's trying to get out. The fucking two guards bring her back up the stairs, and as they're bringing him back up the stairs, here comes Swamp Thing. And, and he, knocks him back down the stairs. Yeah, just fucking rocks their world. But the note I had is that he knocks the two guards down the stairs. There's a brunette guard and a blonde guard. He knocks them down in a certain order. The brunette guard and the blonde guard goes down second but when it shows the shot of them coming back down the the steps the blonde guard is a clearly about three full body rolls ahead of the other guy just saying yeah well you know maybe one of them got stuck on a corner roll (laughs) (laughs) fucking flipped ass over tea kettle onto the other guy Uh, and then we get the fucking years. <laughs> then we get the big escape through a fucking minefield it's like why does this guy have a minefield in his front yard I sure hope he doesn't have any fucking dogs well I, I had a point about that that's a long drive out that driveway because the, their driveway is about what 40 yards long 50 yeah. yards long Somewhere and they drive out, out of this place for about a good solid minute like, it, it is longer than the bridge at the beginning sequence from Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 that they're driving across that bridge that takes, like, eight minutes to pass. Like, long drive. Explosion goes off everywhere. And Abby just whips out a shotgun without no pr- previous knowledge of, uh, of any kind of, like, shooting experience she has. And it's just, like, shotgunning guys from the back. And Swamp Thing's like, great job. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, fucking... Yeah. Taking the fucking armed guards out with a fucking pump action. And they're firing machine guns at her, not hitting anything, let alone, like, the the, the, the Jeep or them. But, like, that's the longest drive out that that, that, that driveway, man. It's so fucking ridiculous. It really is. It, it, but it's, like, I didn't ever quite notice that until these last couple of viewings over the last few years. It was just like, yeah, that, that seems to take a... A little bit of forever. Uh, I feel like they must have <laughs> had five camera set setups, and they just played each All one. Five of them, yeah, it's, yeah. It's kind of what it looked like too. Yeah. Uh, but uh, then we go back to shit. our child actors. Oh, God, God help us all. Yeah, no I don't even have any. Do. I don't even have any fucking notes outside of God help us all. It's just back to the kids. But then we go to the fucking really weird scene of the movie. Where he takes her back to his place, which is just a place that's a clearing with some flowers growing on the trees. And he has the, the line of, 
this is my place. I'm sorry it's so messy. Oh, like it's very <sighs> awkward. And then she tells him, you know, like, it's okay. I'm a vegetarian. Arg. I'm like, arg. Yeah. It's, it's very I... cringy. She, I mean, it's obvious that she loves plants, but she's obviously like, I think loving she's plants. Yeah, loving plants. She's like, you know, oh, most of my boyfriends, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, me, your boyfriend? I mean, he does everything but say, well, aw, shucks, ma'am. And it's like, but he does tell her, at least at the beginning, he's like, we can't be together. Logistically, that just ain't going to work. You know, but he picks like a flower pod off his hip and is very, like, really. I think it was a magic mushroom. Yeah, maybe it was a magic, but maybe it was Swamp Thing's magic mushroom. But it's very very Christ-like, like, like, eat of my body, eat of my flesh. Here, eat this pod from my body. We'll both take a nibble off of it, and we'll just, like, all of a sudden, I'm just going to be a normal human. Uh, It's a really weird vision. It really is. (laughs) And it's the only time you see, like, Swamp Thing as as a... human being in the movie you know and it's not the same actor actually he was just a model that they hired to come out for one day to play in the scene with other locklear and that was it and apparently they did not get along and he was he was paid after he was he left he was done he left and nobody ever heard from him since <laughs> so it's right. really weird when i got my notes throughout that scene is that she really like she willingly wants to bump uglies right away with swamp thing she never mind. She's only met the dude twice. It's like, but you know, he's like, but how? I'm a plant. That's okay. I'm a vegetarian. She wants the root. <laughs> well, maybe <laughs> they, you know, she she was reading roots. So I mean, yeah, but they they share this hallucinogenic plant together and have, I guess, what's tantric sex? You know, and the lamest one liner. This is like, is it is it real? As real as you want it to be. That's the line I had written down. Like that what? was the lamest. That's po- a non-answer. Post- yeah, that's the lamest po- post-coital like one-liner answer line that I've ever heard. But you like, know what? It's a romantic scene for people who like romance, and we get the polar opposite in the next scene, which is just fucking degenerated sex fapping. Oh, we get God. to the fucking the doctor character. That you love so much, the creepy fucking lab yeah. assistant jerking oh, off man. to the he, fucking. He's looking the, at porn, porn and he's like, "Did you notice the magazine clippers?" Did you notice the magazine was one of the same magazines that they had that was the prop from when the kids were at yeah. the yeah, it was the same prop. But yeah, he says, uh, "I wonder." He after he's done fapping, he's like, "I wonder what she would look like with fins." And he stops and he's like, "No, flippers," and he starts. Like, ah! like that's the like that's my kink. The, right. That guy was a little too shape shape out of water there for me, <laughs> you know, just a little yeah. bit. Just what? Uh, then we get more child acting. Yep, more child acting, and all I had down was just oh, and annoying kids get yeah, and ugh. getting abused <laughs> and kidnapped. But before more child that, acting, ugh. But the one thing we had before that was Doctor Giselle shows up. Sticks him with the neat with the needle that was meant for I think uh, arcane, and it, oh yeah, and pushes yeah. him into the fucking storage. Yeah, cell. yeah, yeah, into that room, and he just does a 
hey, that hurt. And then she shuts the door and kind of messes with some things and sabotages the machine that's going to re- resurrect or breathe life into our arcane. Then we get the more annoying kid stuff. Just yes. going on, like, just playing off the fact that the one kid is chubby. Oh, did you eat all the ho-hos? Yeah. Did you eat yeah. all the ping-pongs? Yeah. Oh, that's, uh, that's, that's later. That's later. First, we get the stupidest line in the fucking movie. Swap right. thing and Heather Locklear are walking around, and she's he's talking about how this place used to be a plantation, and some say that the angry ghosts still walk this place. Stupidest oh. line of the movie. Stupidest line of the movie. Whoever fucking wrote this line, you need to be fired. I don't know <laughs> how anyone could be unhappy here. They were fucking slaves, dumb bitch. Check your privilege. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, that is probably the dumbest line of the movie. Almost, what almost the ever loving fuck. That's the, like, the most. Not to mention, not to mention what's more insulting, and I just thought of this, I didn't even have it in my notes, is you're the one reading roots to your plants. <laughs> Derp. Then we get the biggest fuck you of the movie, by the way, and as a fucking fat kid growing up i am personally offended by this shit we get the fucking kid and sitting there with a fucking pile of hostess wrappers and cans and all kinds of other shit like fucking two days worth of trail rations <laughs> and he eats them all at once he eats them all at once and the fucking kid is like well what did you like what we got left i got two apples it's like yeah so the motherfucking fat kid won't eat healthy food fuck you <laughs> Yeah, I felt a little triggered by that myself growing up, a chubby kid. A little bit. Triggered just a little bit. Get, get the fuck out of here. And anybody in Hollywood that is listening to this right now, when you do this to these fucking kids, shame on you. Because you know what? All it does is fucking perpetuate other kids thinking that's the truth of the matter. And fucking, that's how you fucking end up having kids commit suicide. Stop doing that stupid shit and stop making rape movies. Oh my God, we do not need four I spit on your graves. <laughs> no. Well, one, it didn't need to be remade, and it didn't need four sequels either. Fuck no, it didn't. Oh, God. Yeah, I have to agree. Oh, we also get that other fucking shit line in the movie. Nobody wants you. My mama wants me. That kid was so mean to him. He the, was. Like, my best oh, friend is a dick. Yeah, what was his name? Omar. Yeah, the Daryl character. Yeah. Omar was such a dick to Daryl. He was. I didn't like either one of them, to be honest. You know, right, they're both annoying. This one is a particular little twat. Yeah, it's just like with friends like that, who needs enemies? You know, for real. Uh, Swamp Thing kicks ass though. He shows yeah. up and he say he saves them after yeah, uh, Mister Gun grabs him up and tells him to shut the fuck up. I'm keeping your camera. I'm keeping your camera and I'm eating your apple. He literally takes the last two things these kids has. He's like, "Yeah, yeah it's a good apple, kid. Dick. What else you got?" And you're like, "Oh." Not my dad's camera. <laughs> oh, God. But, like, he kicks ass. He uses basically a Louisville slugger. I'd call her Lucille, minus the, the barbed wire. Takes takes them all out because he hears them screaming from his little safe place with Abby. So what does he do? I'll be right back. He leaves Abby alone. What Before he leaves, fuck? though? Before he leaves, though. She's talking about the last time she had she was given a flower was senior prom. It's like, yeah, last time she had a flower was senior prom too. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm I'm sure that's not too far from the truth. Oh, but leaves her. He leaves her alone, man. And you know what's coming. It's setting it up for Act Three. And what happens as he's fighting off? He well, he does. He does blast Mr. Gunn in the face with with the Louisville Slugger. Busts his face yeah, all up, does. which I love. Like he Popped hits him, him right, like right in the square in the nose. Fucks his face all up. Way to go, fucking Swamp Thing. Yes. Yeah, he when he oh he blasts him in the face so hard. And <laughs> stupid. And the, the post makeup afterwards makes you kind of feel like what he's feeling because it's swole up, the makeup is done really well. He looks like a dude who just got blasted in the face with a with the Louisville slugger. Yeah, they really did a good job on the bruising. Yeah. That was whoever the makeup artist was on that, kudos, great job. Yes, they did a pretty damn good job. The next scene we got was they're preparing for Swamp Thing at the compound because they figure, you know, right. he's he's coming back. They're banking on it that he's going to come back and save Abby. And she's awfully adamant that she's like, you know, Dr. Alec, Alec would never come back here and save me. You know, like, wait a minute. But that's exactly what he's going to do. Like. She, she kind of like, why would she think that he wouldn't come and save her? Like, he wouldn't be that smart to think that it was a trap, or he wouldn't give a shit enough to, you know, to save her? I'm risking I my know. life for you, you bimbo. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Just go with it. Just go with it. Because yeah, you've been kidnapped, baby. like, you've been kidnapped. I've had to save you three times, you know, I'm just uh, saying. He comes to the rescue anyway with a mild jog. Yeah, another mild jog. And this is probably my favorite sequence of the movie. Oh, my uh, God. If you're going to point out the same thing that I'm going to point out here in a minute, uh, we're definitely – this is one of those fucking moments as to why we are friends. Is it the scar competition? Uh, you're a little bit ahead of me, actually. Uh, what were you Just, thinking? What, what, what? Uh, one of my favorite scenes is when we're, we get uh, – why can I never remember the fucking main villain's name? Oh, um, Arcane. Arcane, yes. Okay, so we get Arcane standing there in front of the compound with uh, Lana, I believe, and they're talking about how they can't find the doctor and, you know, they need to do this, that. She could take over the doctor's work if they can't find him and all this other stuff. But in the background, this is how you do not do movies. <laughs> now I know what they were going for here, and that was the, the bunch of guards were running around the compound trying to find Swamp Thing. But oh, you mean got, when they're running around in, in just in varying directions, back and forth across one screen? Oh, three people run this way. Now three people run that way. Now three people run this way, and it's just they're running back and forth across the camera, and it's the same fucking six schmucks. Yeah, they run back and forth in one direction, then they one run back and forth in another. Yeah, they they just they tried to use six guys to make it look like there was fifteen. 15. Yeah, it's fucking. I did hysterical. have that down. That is one of my favorite goofs of the movie. But my favorite scene of the movie is when uh, Mr. Gunn and Point start arguing, and but but she's like, "I'm going to take your job," and he's like, "Well, I'll cut you from here to here." She's like, "You don't scare me," and she shows him scar on the back of her neck. Then he shows her a shrapnel scar on his side, and they're like. You know, like <laughs> Beirut, you know, Granada. <laughs> he's like, and he shows her a scratch on his chest. He's like, you know, mentioned some girl's name. He's like, you know, 
Buena Vista, California. And she shows them the bite mark on her boob. And Motley she's like, Motley Crue. Crue. Yeah, Motley Crue <laughs> concert, 1988. And that's, that's, like, hands down the best, like, scene comedically in the movie. Right, but they're immediately sitting there talking about how they're going to kill each other. And then they immediately go to wanting to fuck each other. Because like, of course right. it's the eighties. It's the eighties, man. That you you don't you don't need an excuse. You you just the eighties didn't see, need an you, excuse. You just have you see one. this in bad eighties. You see this in bad eighties writing and in porn, which <laughs> is just bad eighties writing. Well, probably some of the <laughs> same writing people. <laughs> exactly, just bad writers <laughs> with naked people. Oh man, but. Do you do get a bit of a, a surprise in this one where you actually find out that it was Dr. Rochelle that uh, killed Abby's mother and it wasn't Arcane? Because it isn't, yeah. doesn't uh, Dr. Zernell or Zarel, uh, it was the one that tells Abby that when they're strapping her down to that big machine where they're going to basically suck her life, life force away. Yeah. I thought that was a, a good twist. It, it was a little bit, it was. Once during the movie when there was some good writing, you know, just saying. Yeah, like I said, there's good writing in this movie, and that's what like that's what saves it is there are good parts of this movie. There you can tell that there are bad decisions made, but a lot of the good stuff, you know, outplays the bad. So Yeah, it outweighs the bad. I do love the line where uh Abby says, you know, you must have sold your soul. And he's like, sold your soul to the devil, and he's like, Well, I made a lease with an option to buy. He, he'd say he has a lease with an option to buy. He has the greatest, <laughs> like, fucking accent. He has the, the atypical James Bond, you know, villain accent. Yeah, and I love like, this ass accent. This is where I made the note that this is basically like <laughs> a James Bond movie because this is where Swamp Thing James Bonds his way into the compound, taking out guys. Like, hello, and then, you know, smacking their heads together like the Three Stooges and taking them out and punching them. Yeah, I have it in my notes as Dr. Monologue's way, Swamp Thing raids the compound. Oh, yeah, and he gets in pretty easy. He takes all those fucking guys out fairly easy. And I love the line when I think it's uh, Mr. Gunn says something to the effect, doesn't anybody ever knock around here? And then literally immediately after that Swamp Thing knocks knocks his his entrance you know with the two gooms outside he's like right knock, knock. like uh, again little little bit heavy-handed yeah a little bit then we but, get a cut scene to this to the mad scientist lab again where abby flatlines and we get the cheesy special effects with the yeah, those 80s bolts op- the soul swapping yeah the those 80s optical effects yeah she flatlines she dies before swamp thing ever shows up he never has a chance to try and save her like from this, you know, I mean, uh, from the, the evil Dr. Arcane. And he, do, right. he does he does take out uh, Mr. Gunn momentarily with a grenade. With all the weapons this one thing could have picked up, he picks up one lonely grenade from one guard. Not a machine yeah. gun, not a bandolier of grenades, just one gained. It's like, this will come in handy. Yeah, and, and then he uses it five seconds later. Yeah, but, not only that, but... Mr. Gunn enters in his G.I. Joe Jeep with fucking mounted grenade launchers. And he can't <laughs> hit a fucking, he can't hit the broadside of a barn. Well, he, he is the head of security, but he's fucking, he's dumb as a box of rocks, man. He's right. dense. He is a dense motherfucker. And 
and we get another name calling before he fucking drops out of the scene for a minute. Is I got you now, Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> right before God. like Swamp Thing grenades him out of the fucking right? Jeep. <laughs> I'm a Sedeva hybrid, you dick. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised nobody made a like a broccoli com you know comment or like you know right. call them kale or something like that. That was like the only un the stone that was left unturned. Right. Uh, but like Arcane gets a little uh, gonorrhea on his hand. You know, he looks like he'd been playing with himself, <laughs> like like he's been fucking around with that same uh, magazine that Doctor Rochelle was playing around with because he looks like he's got like those those uh, poultry guys looking postules of flesh on his hand. And then he's like, he does get a chance to be super creepy here. It does get super creepy when he corners Doctor Zarell, and he's like, "You switched the vials." You betrayed me. You betrayed the work. And, like, gives her one second to say something. Bang. Shoots her dead. So Dr. Zarell's dead. And, and one thing that bothers me in some movies, it just doesn't happen in every movie, but not that I've ever been shot, but I've seen plenty of people shot, you know, in, in real time. Uh, they don't faint. They, they don't just die like that. You don't just shoot somebody in the stomach and they instantly just... Yeah. Fade to black. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty messy. Yeah, but again, eighty-seven comics code couldn't get away with a lot. The fact that they got away with killing her with a gun is shocking for the time. Yeah, it has the great one-liner. I I think it's the best one-liner of the movie, possibly. And he's like, "Don't worry, God will pardon me. That's his job." I was just like, "God damn, that's cold. That's some cold ass shit." <laughs> Fucking, but that, yeah, you say so you call it. What'd you call it? Gonorrhea on his hand. Yeah, yeah, it looked like like a, some, some like a cross between a staph infection and gonorrhea in the middle. I call it swamp. I, I called it swamp syphilis. Swamp syphilis. There you go. But yeah, it's it's some gross looking shit. You know, he realizes he's been duped and he's gonna die no matter what. So I don't think he gives a shit at this point. Right, and enter Swamp Thing. God, this then, fucking music. Oh god, it, it, it was it was kind of like uh, the Halloween three, you know, Silver Shamrock theme. It was fun the first time or two you heard it. After about sixteenth time, it gets a little old. <laughs> gets a little old. Right. Reminds me of that Family Guy episode where Peter Guess wishes for his own theme music. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's another one that goes on forever. Yeah. The Doctor Rochelle monster pops out looking like Brainiac with a big, <laughs> fuck, big fucking head, and all I, I kept thinking is like, dude's got a big fucking head. And they got the big fight, punches thrown left and right, destroying the the lab left and right. Daddy's and, the, wrestling. Bad 80s wrestling and, and elbow drops and suplexes and big floppy Dr. Rochelle monster head that, that flops around every time Swamp Thing punches him in it. And then I put it, as I put it uh, here in my notes, Swamp Thing to tosses Dr. Rochelle into the giant bug zapper and makes him explode. Uh, I have uh, a... <laughs> um, Swamp Thing versus Dr. Flipper Porn. Bad 80s wrestling and Swamp. <laughs> Swamp Thing throws Big Brain into the Elimination Chamber and it explodes ECW, ECW ECW <laughs> You almost expected the, the holy shit chant Right yeah. like, Holy shit, holy shit 
Then we get another couple get... Bu- bad one-liners what? from fucking Mr. Gunn. Mr. Gunn shows up again. This guy is right. like syphilis, you know. Oh, you just got, well, we gotta it. have that. You gotta have that eighty science staple, though. What's that? What happens in every eighty science movie when you got a do- an evil doctor that's being defeated and he's got his lab? You gotta have that countdown three minutes till explosion time. Yep. I thought it played off very much like like the ending of a Doctor Frankenstein kind of movie. You know, yeah. it's like. You know, like the mansion is just substituting the the castle, and everything is like falling apart around them. I mean, Doctor Arcane is pinned underneath that big steel door that crushed his legs, and I thought that was kind of a lazy way to to have him kind of cop out and just like have a the door land on his legs, and he spends the rest of the movie like laying on the floor with the door on his legs, but not even you know, trying to get up, not even trying to escape, just kind of laying there like, yes, yes, I would burn to death. Yeah. Yes, and like as the the fire is focusing on his face, he's not even panicked. He's just staring directly into the camera, and then he just kind of looks off to stage left. And as the fire just, you know, just engulfs him, and 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 Swamp Thing gives him a dirty look as he carries Abby's dead body out, and, and like leaves him there to. To, to, to blow the fuck up and burn alive. Well, we get three more name calls from Gun before Swamp Thing whoops his ass and takes him out of the scene, though. I'll let you Jolly. take him. Which were? What's new, Jolly Green Giant? Yep. yep. <laughs> Time for mixed veg on a plate. <laughs> one and, of my favorites. And, 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 and the final one is too bad, Spinach Man. Oh. I felt like they 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 missed their opportunity to make a comment about kale or broccoli. That they, they that was the only ones they missed. Yeah, well, you know what though, fucking Swamp Thing takes rape very seriously because he decides that Gun's punishment is to be castrated by a grenade. Yeah, he shoves the grenade down his, down his pants. Oh shit! Throws him in the fucking bug zapper and blows him and the fuck. If the fucking one guy wasn't dead in there before, Doctor Rochelle, if he wasn't dead before, he's fucking dead now because. Fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah, he just got a grenade, a body with a grenade tossed on top of him. Yeah, fucking our final, fucking gun's final line. Oh, shit, man. <laughs> Joe's out like a true champ. But yeah, he gets that final oh shit moment and he's done. Louis Jordan is done. He would not come back for the TV show. <laughs> we get Gee, the I wonder why. Yeah, he didn't have a good time with the sequel and he didn't even like the, making the first one from what I understand. You know, so, eh, you know, it, it, it is what it is. I, I think he uh, he mostly, you know, retired from acting after this. I think he did one or two movies after this, and then he was done. I mean, he didn't pass away until, like, uh, 2015. But, you know, he was. He, I think this movie broke his will. I think it broke his will. He was just done with acting after this. <laughs> this is what I've been reduced to. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I got that one last retirement check, and I'm, I'm, I'm history. Going out like Dr. Frankenstein. But the, the, the ending is what falters here for me. It's really fun up until this point. It's super fun. But then we get that lame swamp thing where resurrection scene where he, like, resurrects Abby, you know, like, like he did with uh, Adrian Barbeau's character in the first movie. But it's done very different. And again, it's got a lot of that weird 80s optical effects which 
I do intend to like, you know, it's better than the, the later CGI that would come along. I like, I the like them if they're done right, man. But when you put them over a fucking film cell like that to where it looks like, you know, the way the way they did it, they could have been done better. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. They could have been done. Well, it was done on the cheap. It's got oh, Wynorski's yeah. it's got Wynorski's name attached to it. You know, it's done on the cheap. The guy does not film 104 movies in his lifetime in a career and, and not do things on the cheap, but that's right. the way it is. But uh, it's a little bullshit. I, I, I hate the whole idea when it's like, you know, I don't know, there could be side effects. Well, I guess we'll just have to discover them together. And then she, you know, swaps bit with the Swamp Man as a... We get a, one a, more shot from our fucking child actors. Yeah, to get their photo for $10,000. Kind of creepers. They're being a little bit creeperish, but that's their that's their thing. They are taking pictures of Swamp Thing, starting to get romantic with Abby as the movie ends. But that would not be the end of our movie. We w- would uh, have a mid-credits scene. Another factor that this movie, I think, was ahead of its time, you know, with Every comic book movie now has a mid credit scene or a post credit scene. But this post credit scene doesn't add anything. <laughs> it just it it just it, it's again more bad kid acting where you find out that neither one of them had bothered to put film in the camera and they're both arguing and they're gonna fight each other and beat the shit out of each other because now they've lost out on their ten grand. Yeah. And good uh-huh. for them. Yeah, but good for them good for them they they were annoying little uh, creeps the entire time and i did didn't not deserve that grand. <laughs> no 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 they did not they did not they does not deserve 10 grand they should not collect go or go past go and collect 200 dollars. they they get nothing, nothing yeah you know what's not fucking brought up in this movie and is not resolved at the end of this movie oh what's that now, if you remember obi the or Obi, yeah, yeah, his friend, the one that when the leech monster first shows up, and Swamp Thing beats his ass with a pipe, and it fucking all the fucking place around it explodes. You know, it's even in the newspaper; they can hear the explosions for miles away. Because how bad did that kid's ass get beat? Because what did he tell his parents when they got home that the house is exploded and all the cars that are exploded and the barns exploded? Uh, two monsters were out here fighting. <laughs> well, yeah, that and uh, my biggest problem is where were these parents the entire time? Especially after what happened, like the day before all these events. You know that the the, the trailer court got all busted up and everything exploded. All the cars blew up. Everything caught on fire, and they just let these kids go out with their phone. Not their phone, but let these kids. They let these kids go out with their camera to take no, pictures. No, he, he took that camera. He, he fucking they well, had yeah, a no, conversation like, about it. He steals his camera. Of, what kind like, of shitty parents do we have here? You know, right? Hey, where's our kid? And where's my camera? Why is my bowling ball laying in the back seat of my car? You know? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, but thankfully they would not. Uh, continue on with uh, those annoying kid characters in the TV show. Well, that being said, let's go ahead and get off into our final thoughts and rating on this sucker. You know, as well as anybody, uh, guests go first and scale from one to ten. 
that's coming in at a solid six. You know, it's not, you know, five is pretty average. It's, it, it, it strokes my nostalgia button. So it gets a six. It's not horribly awful. It does have a lot of bad things, but it, like I said, it, a lot of the bad things that are there, it's outweighed by a lot of good things. And just, this is another one of those movies that you can sit down, you know, with your kids, get them introduced into the comic book, you know, heroes of it and not be too serious about it. If you get them started at a younger age and, you know, not only that, it's, it's just a good old, it, it just takes me right down memory lane. So it, it, it gets a six. Nice. Nice. I'm coming in slightly higher than you on, on this one. I'm coming in at a seven. You know, uh, there's it does like you said tickles my uh, my nostalgia buttons a lot, but it's a fun movie. It's fun it is in a movie that's so bad it's good. You know, there's so many things that are wrong with it, but so many things that are right about it. It's you know it's campy, it's comic booky before comic book movies were really a you know really truly a thing. You know. Not like they are today, but I think it's a good entrance movie for for kids. You know, if you want to watch something, it gets serious, but not too serious. It's just so goofy, and it's, yeah, it's, it really it's is. Hard. It's hard not to love it for all for and not you know despite its faults, but almost because of them. You know, it's just one of those like it's a good popcorn movie. This is the type of movie I used to watch all the time that would have come on USA up all night or on, you know, Showtime or Skin and Max, you know, and Skin it, it Max. I haven't heard that since high school. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I always called it. It's great stuff, but yeah, it, it's, it's one of those movies. That's so bad. It's, it's just so bad. It's good. You know, it's a good fun time. It's a, you know, it's not a movie you take too damn serious. And that's what I like about it. It's a good, it's a good time movie. It's a good party movie. You put this one on in the background when you're having a party with your friends, you're going to yeah, have it's a good time. time. With that being said, this has been a good time as well, sir. I know we had a couple of snafus uh, tech wise, whatnot, but damn internet going out in the middle of the show. But we press on, we persevere, and we finish the damn show no matter what. Right. The fucking show technology. Must go on. As always, as always. Well, we got some new stuff we're going to be doing, uh, Eric and I. We've uh, been uh, co collaborating on some lists and stuff, and we're going to bring you some really obscure stuff. I feel like we've hit some really big movies, some big sequels, some like almost obligatory sequels that you have to do. But we're going to bring some weird stuff to you in these next couple of shows, folks. So keep an eye out for that, or more or less, keep an ear out for that. But, Eric, once again, I want to thank you for uh, joining me on the show. It's been a good time. It's always fun, man. Just getting together and talking about it. I can do this all day. Yep, yep, me too. With that being said, folks, you have been listening to Sequel 2 Deja Vu, and we invite you to join us again on the next edition. Come on, baby. It's time to play doctor. Bitch, you can't guess my favorite operation. What's that, baby? A vasectomy. 